God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. Philip and I have been studying the Word of God and we've been challenged by something that we believe is going to be a wonderful, exciting challenge to you. So your mission, should you decide to accept it, oh, you'll just have to stay tuned to find out. We're so glad you're with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before we get started, we'd like to encourage you to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and be sure to subscribe to our email list so that you can be hearing from us and read some of the things that we're writing and you can find out more about what we're doing and be sure to check out our events. We've got some things coming up that are going to be exciting. Dean Braxton is going to be with us for a seminar in May and we're going to be having our convention coming up in July. So be sure to check those things out. So today, we're going to talk about your mission, should you decide to accept it. Well, your mission is the same mission that Jesus had. And so what was his mission? What, is, what does the Bible say about, about that? Acts 10 and verse 38. Well, let's start with verse 36. I'm reading from the Amplified. You know the contents of the message which he sent to Israel, announcing the good news, gospel of the peace of Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all, the same message which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee after the baptism preached by John. And here's the, here's the point. How God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability, how he went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil, for God was with him. That was Jesus' job description. Mm-hmm. He went about doing good. He, he just kind of hung out. Just He was <laughs> going from place to place. I mean, you can just kind of picture it. He was not in a hurry except when he had a mission that God gave to him to do a specific thing. He, like there's one place where it says his face was set like flint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was another place where it says he must needs go through Samaria. He had an assignment. It's nice when you're your own boss. <laughs> well, he wasn't his own boss. He said, I never do anything except I see my father doing it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I never say anything except I hear my father say it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's his job description. So how do we know it's ours? Um, so in the upper room, right before he was betrayed and crucified and then resurrected, in, um, in John chapter 17... And again, I'm reading out of the Amplified, verses 15 to 18. Jesus is praying to his Father. He says, I do not ask that you will take them out of the world, but that you will keep and protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, worldly, belonging to the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, purify, consecrate, separate them for yourself. Make them holy by truth. Your word is truth. That's why it's so important for us to continuously be 
pouring over the scriptures and and mm-hmm. putting them in it's like eating the word of god it's it's like you unless you're fasting you're going to eat <laughs> every day yeah uh-huh. right so that's that's why we have to eat the word every day to put it into us to keep keep feeding our spirit yes amen. so it goes on to to say in he prays in verse 18 just as you sent me into the world i also have sent them into the world now that reminds us of when he first commissioned his 12 disciples. What do you have there in the in the in the passion translation for uh, Matthew chapter 10? Jesus gathered his 12 disciples and imparted to them authority to cast out demons and to heal every sickness and every disease. And in verse 5, Jesus commissioned these 12 to go out into the ripened harvest fields with these instructions. And in verse 7, and as you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible, close enough to touch. You must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick, and make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people, and raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. You won't need a lot of money. Travel light. And don't even pack an extra change of clothes in your backpack. Trust God for everything because the one who works for him deserves to be provided for. Wow. Um. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a faith walk. That is a faith walk. So they went out, and when they came back, then Jesus pulled them aside, and there, he went, wanted to spend some time with them, but people heard that they were in the area, so they swamped them, and 5,000 people showed up, 5,000 men, not even counting women and children. And then you had to feed them. And then they had to feed them. So the disciples were then put into a position to uh, step into, into heavenly provision because people who have been to heaven have experienced um, being fed something off of a platter, and as as soon as you take like a piece of fruit off the platter, another piece of fruit appears in its place. That's how Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fish. Yeah, or he he actually just broke them the first time and gave them to his disciples. So as the Father sent him with the idea of here's how we do it in heaven, mm-hmm. he broke the bread the first time and gave it to his disciples, and they broke it from there the bread and the fish. And it just kept coming. It just kept coming. And how much was left over? Twelve baskets. Twelve baskets full. So they they had they were really being stretched. <laughs> <laughs> but they were experiencing heaven's provision. They were experiencing as the Father had sent Jesus, so he sent them. So then after that, then he, he called up seventy more. And he sent them out two by two in Luke chapter 10. How does that read in the Passion? It's a little bit different. After this, the Lord Jesus formed 35 teams among the other disciples. Each team was two disciples, 70 in all. And he commissioned them to go ahead of him into every town he was about to visit. He released them with these instructions. The harvest is huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to drive out into his harvest fields many more workers. Now off you go. I'm sending you out even though you feel as vulnerable as lambs going into a pack of wolves. You won't need to take anything with you. Trust in God alone and don't get distracted from my purpose by anyone you might meet along the way. Wow. 
Wow. That reminds me a little of Sister Gwen, our founder. Yes. When she went to China in 47, the call of God on her life and the Holy Spirit was outpoured in 1944. And it was 1947, after taking two years of, of the Chinese language in the University of Toronto, took the boat to China. And her, and her husband, she, they had a, she just had one ticket. Mm -hmm. So they sold their car for the other ticket. No, they sold the car for the first ticket. Oh, sold the car for the first ticket. Mm -hmm. so oh, that was, was it. Yeah, so he was going to... He was going to go first. He was going to go first, and he got as far as California, and she was still just in Canada. Um, yeah, preaching at church. Going from place to place, preaching. Yeah, and they sent her a sent her a check, you know, for the, the price of the ticket to China and said, if you don't use it, send it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she used it. You know, and, and so they, they went to China Took the boat, mm -hmm. it probably took a, maybe a month, I don't know how many weeks to get there, mm -hmm. you know. And they had 10 American dollars. They borrowed it. That's all the money they had. And there, there's no such thing as credit cards back then. Oh, no. And they had no church behind them. Because when the, the mission board said they're sending the senior missionaries back first, said go pastor a church for five years. But China didn't have five years. It's true. And they had no promise of support. They had no return ticket. That's right. Would you fly somewhere without having a ticket to get home on a short-term mission? Um, most people wouldn't. They had faith. Yes. Faith back then was a lot different than what we had today, because today you can you can fall back on, on, credit on your cards. credit cards. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and and when they were on the ship, somebody that that was going to the mission field as well, and I think maybe they were returning. They said, "You can't you can't show up there with no money." You don't have any money? Here, let me loan you $10. <laughs> so they showed up with it. That's how they got the $10. Wow. Somebody on the ship loaned it to them. And eventually they paid it back as well. That was probably worth $100 back then. Well, yeah, $10 was worth a lot more then. Yeah. But the point is, you go when the Lord sends you. Yeah. As the Father sent him, he sends us. He, sends, he doesn't send us to do things by reasoning. He sends us to do things by by heaven's point of view, by 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 kingdom standards, and and here's here's how Jesus said it um, in in John, uh, chapter six, verses forty seven to fifty eight. He talks about how the Father sent him and how he lives by the Father. Can you read that to us, Philip? For I am the only one who has come from the Father's side, and I have seen the Father. I speak to you, living truth. Unite your heart to me and believe, and you will experience eternal life. I am the true bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the desert and died. But standing here before you is the true bread of life that comes out of heaven. And when you eat this bread, you will never die. I alone am this living bread that has come to you from heaven. Eat this bread and you will live forever. The living bread I give you is my body, which I will offer as a sacrifice so that all may live. Listen to this eternal truth. Unless you eat the body of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have eternal life. Eternal life comes to the one who eats my body and drinks my blood, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my body is real food for your spirit, and my blood is real drink. The one who eats my body and drinks my blood lives in me, and I live in him. 
The Father of life sent me, and he is my life. And the same way the one who feeds upon me, I will become his life. I am not like the bread your ancestors ate and later died. I am the living bread that comes from heaven. Eat this bread and you will live forever. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. He said said that he lives by the Father. So if we eat of him, we will live by him. You know, we, we make it a practice of having communion every day as we're able. Sometimes when you're traveling, you're not able to, but... Um, most of the time we're having communion every day and, and we get fresh revelation every single day about how powerful this bread is and how powerful this, this cup, this cup of covenant is, this cup of, of um, you know, being able to overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. We live by this relationship that we have in the covenant. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, yes. So as the living Father, the Father of life, sent Jesus, and he lived by the Father. Everything that the Father told him to do, that's what he did. Everything he saw his Father doing. I I just, I can imagine that in his prayer life, he was, um, it was like Father was showing him a vision of what was going to take place during the day. And I believe that's how the Lord wants us to walk with him, that closely communing. Now, I'm not there yet, but I, I'm striving to get there. I've left. You've already I've left. I've already left. Just I'll, haven't arrived yet. Yeah. I, that, I love how Andrew Womack says that. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't arrived, but I've left. <laughs> you know, we're, we're on our way. We're in the process. And, and we're, we're gazing into glory, glory to glory. A little bit, little bit more every day, a little bit more every day. And you have to keep on it. You can't, yeah. you can't stop. It's like, it's like if you were in an airport, you know, with those moving sidewalks mm-hmm. and you get mm-hmm. on the sidewalk going the wrong direction, you have to really keep up in order to keep from going backwards. Yeah. It, and when you, um, you look at the scripture, you know, we're only pilgrims on this earth. We're only travelers just traveling through. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's just like when you get that concept, this earth is your just your temporary home. You know, it's it's a totally different mindset once you start understanding kingdom principles, why we're here mm-hmm. and where we're going right. and what we're doing while we're here. And and I, I was ministering the other night, you know, and and um, and I kind of kind of used and. Um, like like you go through Walmart or um, yeah Walmart's the best example I think you go through and uh, and uh, you you see these carts they got just six packs of beer and stuff you know even people just all this you got all this pop you got all your chips you got all your your junk food all this and that and they're just living their lives on a day by day basis you know not knowing the Lord which many of them not you know and where are they going. And what what's your, their purpose in life? You know, we have a purpose, and our purpose is doing the work of the Father, the kingdom work. You know, and and we have to keep that concept up. And you know, God gives us time, you know, to do other things, but we have to keep our focus on Him. But you know, but I just feel so sorry for these that they're they're like they're sheep with no shepherd. They're just mm-hmm. aimlessly living day to day to day, paycheck to paycheck. 
you know, movie to movie, you know, this to that. And then my, oh, here we are Monday morning off to, got a hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work I go mm-hmm. again. And you can't wait till Friday, you know, to get off again. And so you could do your weekend fling. And that's life for many people. And that's just, and I used to be that way, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like there's nothing like serving God. It's true. I mean, we've been full-time in ministry, me, 41 years, you know, and it's not always been easy, you know, but I wouldn't trade it for anything else in the world. No other job in the world because I know now what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's about purpose. So, um, And God just orchestrates things in your life to get you into your purpose. He certainly does. You know, get on the straight and narrow and and sometimes you get bumped off, you know, right. something will derail you or you... You got a flat tire and you got to pull off, you know, but uh, God just sends his angels, his messengers, people in your path, you know, to kind of help you to stay focused. It's true. Unless you can really hear the voice of the spirit and you don't need that. Yeah. Which I would just love to be there all the way. Well, it's a process. It's It's a process. process. Yeah. But I think, I think before we go any further, I want to take a moment to stop and pray uh, according to that scripture that you read earlier about about the harvest is great, and the laborers are few. Pray mm-hmm. to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers into the harvest field. So, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're asking you to call forth laborers into your harvest field. Yes, Father. There are probably people listening to this podcast that are being called and they, this isn't the first call that they've heard. They've heard other calls, and they've, they've uh, not quite gotten there yet. But, Lord, we're asking you to raise up laborers. Yes, Father. Right where they are, right in their sphere of influence. Lord, mm-hmm. raise up laborers to go into your harvest field right where they are. Lord, we're asking you to equip them. Help us, help us to help equip Yes, these, Father. These believers to become full-fledged laborers in the harvest, Lord. It's sheep that beget sheep. It's not shepherds that beget sheep. It's sheep that beget sheep. So, mm-hmm. Lord, raise up more sheep with the vision for, for bringing people into the kingdom of God. Yes, that, that they'll That they'll have a vision, that they'll have the, this same excitement of serving you, Lord, that that it's the best thing in the whole world. It's the best thing in the universe to be acquainted with you, to be in covenant with you, to be walking with you in love and in passionate following of you. Lord, we're asking you to to minister to the hearts, Father, and draw them in. Draw them in, Father. Draw them in, in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, Father. You know, many times that we've heard the stories about about uh, people that have been called, yeah, yeah, I want to serve God. I'm going to serve God. Yeah, I'm going to go to the mission field. Mm-hmm. Then, okay, they they get married or this or that. They got a career. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, by the time they get 50 years old or getting close to retirement, they realize, you know, if I don't do something now, mm-hmm. but what about all these years that you could have really yeah. been doing something yeah. instead of maybe just doing your own thing? Well, you know, that happened to me when I heard the voice of the Lord at the age of 18. I want you. I want you 100%. And I want you right Right now. now. Uh And I just, you know, I I said, yes. But as a few weeks passed, I started thinking, well, 
I'm about to graduate from high school. I've got these scholarships for college. I'm already enrolled in, in the music school at Western Michigan, and I'll just go to school for a year. Uh-huh. Famous last words. Famous last words. But then I realized when I came to the first first world convention back in 1976, a long time ago, <laughs> I realized that if I went to college, I would never serve God. Yeah. It was just a revelation that dropped into my spirit. Nobody said anything. Nobody prophesied anything. I didn't get a scripture about it. I just had a knowing in my knower. Yeah. If I go on to college, I will not serve God that ever. Was the, that was the Holy Spirit that it put was. that in there. It was. Because if I, I mean, that, that was the knowing that I had. Yeah. So there's no point in going any further with that. Uh, I'd have gotten into into something else. I would have been drawn away. Yeah, and it's so easy to be, you know, even in ministry, all these years, you know, people have been in ministry for years mm -hmm. and have still missed it. Sure. You know, because they're doing, maybe doing their own agenda, because mm -hmm. if they don't have a have an ear to the to the Spirit, you know, because you know, sometimes you have to change something, mm -hmm. and you have to go along with change. You can't always, uh, God doesn't always do the same thing twice. When you read the Old Testament, mm -hmm. you know, how many miracles were duplicated? Uh, There's only one uh, one Red Sea crossing that I ever found. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes, and he's got a whole plethora of miracles that he's never done yet that he's waiting to pour yeah. out for us. I only see one set of walls that, that went down to the ground, which was Jericho, when Joshua and uh, all of Israel marched around it. Yeah. That, there wasn't a repeat there. No, nope, so, nothing like that. So God, you know, it's just like being instant all the time for change. And just when we think we've got it figured out. See, that's the reason why revivals stop. It's because people figure out this is how God's doing it. So, okay, we've got it. We can take it from here. Well, what happens when you go to school? You go to kindergarten, you go to grade one, mm -hmm. and if you graduate, well, you know, usually graduate first, second grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you get older, like seventh, eighth grade or something, you get into high school. If, if you don't graduate, if, if you don't, uh, if you flunk that year, what do you have to do? Repeat. Take it over. So what happens, uh, what happened to the children of Israel? How many years did they, mm -hmm. did they march, um, march around? Uh, yeah, yeah. 40, it was 40 years. Yeah. Take another lap around Take Mount Sinai. Take another lap around Sinai. <laughs> I mean, they could probably count, yeah. you know, count every every peak on the mountain when they went around it. We've been here before. I think as Kevin Zaidai would say, you know, we've crossed the 7-Eleven how many times yeah. around here? You know. <laughs> you know, I remember hearing Rodney Howard Brown testifying about how early in his ministry he had this marvelous outpouring and God was just doing all of these amazing miracles. And, and then it just kind of stopped. And he went on for quite a few years without having any great move. And finally, after, I don't know how many years, the Lord, the Lord and he had this talk about it. And the Lord said, well, you wanted to do it your way. Oh, wow. You know, you had you you had this message that you wanted to preach, so you got to preach, and you know, you didn't make room for me. Is kind of the 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 idea. So, you know, he, here's here's how we can easily be distracted. We can easily be set by, and and that's that's what the enemy of our souls is trying to do to keep us hindered from doing any destruction to the kingdom of darkness.
Yeah. Uh-huh. So I just want to read First John chapter 3, verse 8. I'm going to read it from the Amplified, it, that, just the last part of it. The reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. Now, I, when I was studying this uh, a week or two ago, I was looking at multiple different translations, and I kind of did my own little amplification of it. Mm-hmm. And it says, for this reason, slash purpose, the Son of God appeared or was manifested, revealed to destroy, break up, undo, loose, eradicate the works of the devil slash accuser. Wow. Uh-huh. That was Jesus' job description. Yeah. So that's our job description. You know, just recently, someone sent me a vision that Johnny Enlow posted on his Facebook page. The person who had the vision was Scott Allen. You can find the full version, in the full vision on Johnny Enlow's website or on his, there's a link to it on his Facebook page. But here's a quick synopsis. Jesus took Scott to a place where he saw several monitors that were like seismographs depicting the Hebrews 12, 25 to 28 shaking of everything that can be shaken. Each of the seven mountains of influence, which would be government, media, arts and entertainment, business, education, religion, and family, all of these uh, had its own monitor, and the shakings they were they were experiencing made these uh, made these seismograph things move. They were moving fiercely. Then Scott was shown another monitor called Luciferian Kingdom. Jesus told him that it was time for this to shake as well, mm-hmm. instructing Scott to be seated at the console. Jesus asked, do you believe you are in me? As soon as Scott replied, yes, Lord, Jesus stepped over him and sat down. Scott was inside Jesus, sitting in that chair. Jesus became see-through-ish at that moment. Then he said, speak as I give you utterance. I'm sure that you will want to read the entire story to get all the details, but my point is that we must see that in Christ, that is, as we are clothed in him, it is not our flesh that's visible in the spirit realm. It's him. Mm-hmm. See, we live in him. Yes. It's uh, in him we live and move and have, have our, our being. being. We're yeah. clothed in him. We put on the whole armor of God. We put on Christ. All of these things, it's, well, it's kind of like a put on. <laughs> uh, but it, but it, means, it means to dress ourselves in him and, and to sink down into him, like sinking down into a garment. So... The idea is that, that uh, so when, when he began to speak, he, he saw the seismograph shaking of the Luciferian kingdom begin. And he went on to, um, I'm just going to read the declaration. He says, from where we are seated in Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father, the Lord God Almighty says the time has come for the Luciferian kingdom to be shaken. We decree let the great shakings of all who worship Lucifer begin. Your sorceries and sacrifices will not help you. Your protection is removed. Let the shaking of the Luciferian kingdom increase in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your mission, your mission, should you decide, should you choose to accept it, your mission is to shake the kingdom yes. of the devil, just yeah. like Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I don't spend very much time on Facebook at all, but I happened today on something from the Elijah list that uh, was given to Daniel Pontius, 
uh, from Sonora, California. It's The Warfare of a Worshipping Heart. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can find it on the Elijah List Facebook page. But he he, uh, had a strange impression. He says, I saw what appeared to be the gates of hell. As I looked at the gates of hell, there came a violent earthquake. So violent was this earthquake that even the foundations of the gates themselves were rocking from side to side. As I watched, the gates began to shake violently under the impact of the earthquake. I immediately thought to myself, what on earth could possibly shake the gates of hell so violently? Then it was as if my mind and my heart followed the sound that appeared to be causing the earthquake itself. As I followed the sound back to its original source, I was completely surprised at what I encountered, for the sound was coming from an elderly lady sitting in her rocking chair, singing in the spirit her praises before the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't you love that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is your mission, should you choose to accept it. (laughs) (laughs) So we, I'm going to continue reading what Daniel Pontius wrote. We as believers don't really understand the impact our words have on the demonic realm, not only on this world and the people around us, but also on the spirit realm as a whole and the things that are there. The fact that just the worship from the mouth of an elderly lady in a rocking chair was able to so violently shake hell's gates should give us a small glimpse of the authority that we have when we align ourselves with God's will and purpose for each of us. When I approached the Lord with questions about why that lady's worship was so devastating to the gates of hell, he said, It is because worship brings the manifestation of my power and my kingdom to bear in any situation and in any circumstance. Mm, Hallelujah. Worship invokes the presence of God over the circumstances and situations that seem to be way out of control. And as it does, it brings devastating destruction to the plans and purposes of the enemy, even to the point of shaking the gates of hell themselves. Yes, amen. Real worship is capable of delivering you from the most difficult circumstances, impossible situations, and even the deepest and darkest of prisons that are out there. Think about Paul and Silas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're Deep in the prison, deep in prison and they're stocks. worshiping and the and the earthquake comes and sets them free. Real worship, I'm reading again, real worship can confuse the enemy's camp so much that they'll turn upon each other instead of attacking you. And then that brings to mind what happened with Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles twenty. Uh, 21 and 22, where they're they're in the Valley of Tekoa, the Ammonites, the Edomites, uh, they're they're coming down this this. Uh, it's kind of like a a corridor in between the mountains. We've we've been there and and seen it, and the Lord told them just to worship. So they sent the worshipers forward, and what happened? Can you read those verses, Philip? Yeah, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness. Yes. As they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and to destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. 
Hallelujah. Wow. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked upon the multitude. And behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. Wow. Isn't that awesome? That's what happens when you worship. We sh- This is your mission. And you want to hear the reward? Oh, yeah. What happened? <laughs> and when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, I mean, there's thousands of soldiers and right. everything they Three have to stay nations. there. Yeah. They found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. Hmm. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. Wow. Wow. Gold and silver and who knows. Yeah, precious jewels. You know, they have all the food, all the stuff, because when you you come to do warfare— you know, you have to, not like what Hitler did when he invaded Russia. Right. And it got too late. He couldn't get oil for the tanks. Yeah. And so when you do warfare, you have to have everything you need to um, to supply food and ammunition and right. and all that sort of thing. But when we go out to war, Jesus sent us Jesus sent us to go out into the harvest field with nothing. Nothing, yeah. And he right? supplies it all. He supplies it. He yeah. is faithful. And we've been living by faith for over 40 years. Uh-huh. You know, and has God ever failed to supply our needs? No, he never has. No, no. he's never failed. And I, I remember uh, uh, Brother Wally Heflin, mm-hmm. you know, the he says, three things you need when you go to a mission field. <laughs> a flashlight, your Bible, and toilet paper. That's, <laughs> well, the... <laughs> that's because lots of the world doesn't use it. <laughs> but that's another story. We won't go there. <laughs> but the, the important thing is that you know that you're being sent and that you worship your way through it. Worship yeah. gets you into the presence of God where you can get your instructions. Yes, amen. And worship will shake the gates of hell. That's what's going to bring this seismographic uh, shaking. That's, it's a shaking of heaven and earth. Everything that can be shaken will, will be, be shaken. shaken. Yeah. And the other thing that happens with, with, the, uh, with worship that uh, according to this uh, this reading I was just doing. Real worship will cause the glory of God to manifest when you least expect it. In Second Chronicles chapter 5, that's when uh, the, the temple was being dedicated and the worshipers were worshiping and the cloud of the presence of God came and into the, the priest, place. And the priest couldn't stand because of the presence of the Lord. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Everything that needs to be put into order will be put into order when we get into order before the Lord. Yes, amen. So before you put your head on your pillow tonight, take time and say, Lord, what are you saying to me? Are you calling me out to do something? Are you calling me into a deeper life of worship? Are you just calling me right this moment to spend some time in worship? Are you calling me to spend some time in prayer, praying for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest field? Spend time time with the king. Spend time in his word before you put your head on your pillow tonight, because he's going to give you a word of your mission should you choose to accept it. You have to make a decision. Are you going to follow or are you going to figure out another thing? Well, I'll do that later. Don't put it off. Obey the Holy Spirit. Be quick to obey the Holy Spirit, and it'll save lives, and it might save your life as well. 
God bless you. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.